It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire Custom. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. If this is your first time listening to the show, basically I'm here every week to give you a break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media and talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. With me this week, my good friend, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. To the top, man. To the top. How you doing? Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. The, the baseball game, uh, Southern Miss is playing Tulane tonight. It's in a rain delay. Looks like some pretty nasty storms out there. We had to move because of some scheduling conflicts. Normally, we're, of course, on Tuesday nights. Tonight, we are on Wednesday nights. We're going to keep the party going. Um, if you've, you know, if you want to listen to some of the archives, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Give us a rating, a review, subscribe, whatnot. That helps us out. Uh, spread the word. Tell your other Golden Eagle friends. Uh, we don't. We don't have a sponsor yet. We'll get. We'll get one. But I was like, we should. Until we get a sponsor, let's just name off things that we like <laughs> that could be our sponsor. You know, like I'm going to start out. Like to the top talk tonight is brought to you by King Cake. It's the last day. I hate. I'm going to miss it. From here on out. Yeah, King Cake's a good one, uh, right in the Mardi Gras season. Uh, this show could also be brought to you by my wife's pasta salad. Your wife's pasta salad? I've never had it. Have you never eaten my wife's pasta salad? I've never eaten your wife's pasta salad. It's good. I'm going to keep it. Let, <laughs> let's keep it going. Uh, Fritos Honey Barbecue Flavor Twists. I'm a big fan. <laughs> That's one of my favorite bits that you do in your act. <laughs> I hadn't heard any good George W. Bush in quite a while. I don't know if it's still relevant. But uh, we might need you might need to put that back in the arsenal, for sure. Um, this show could also be brought to you by the coolness of Dan Dish. The coolness of Dan Dish and Dan Dish eating popcorn. If you haven't seen that in the roost, in the roost. I think it's uh, I think it's tradition at this point. It might be uh, it might be rivaling the uh, the rally bike. All right. Speaking of the roost, to the top talk tonight is brought to you by the wings we had in the roost last time we were out there. Those were amazing. Yeah, super solid wings. Thanks to uh, thanks to Will Taylor for those and whatever saucy he, he glazed them with. I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, I enjoyed more than my fair share, which made me have to bring something the next time because I feel so bad when I just come and eat all their stuff. So I made sure I brought a king cake by there last time. Likewise, I never want to be a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> um, this show uh, could also be brought to you by Doc Sadler's half-eaten bag of M and M's. Those are like like M and M's to Doc Sadler is like spinach to Popeye. <laughs> he is always on the M and M's. Uh, to the top talk tonight, brought to you by Parker Seanfield's hair. Parker, I'm a big fan of Parker Seanfield's hair. Yeah, only to be only to be rivaled by Cord Cockrell last year on the baseball field. Well, that's a very good point. <laughs> I think Jason Munns even tabbed him as the hair. That was his as name the hair. Yeah. Last year. <laughs> uh, so this uh, in along those same lines. Could uh, also be brought to you by Scott Berry's hair. Scott Berry's hair. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm a big fan of Scott Berry's hair. Uh, this episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by 
Tim Floyd's record at Reed Green Coliseum. Ooh. Ooh. Which is which is zero all time? Guys, something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to the top talk, finally, also brought to you by none other than fake J-Hop. And that's the reality of it, you know, at the end of the day. The bottom line is, you know, we got to do, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> we just got some news uh, across the wire uh, a little while ago before the show started. Bruce Feldman, uh, Fox Sports, reporting that Scotty Walden, the youngest head coach in college football, he's only 27 years old, he is the head coach at Division Three East Texas Baptist. He will be the in, new inside receivers coach at Southern Miss. So we've kind of been waiting ever since uh, Coach Wise went to Oklahoma State, kind of trying to figure out who's going to fill that spot. And it's going to be Scotty Walden. I don't know much about this guy. He seems like he's got uh, a lot of promise. But the youngest head coach in college football, he definitely has something going for him. Yeah, you know, interesting to uh, to make that jump from the uh, head coach to wide receivers. But like you said, coming from Division Three to Division One, um, you know, I, I don't know anything. About, I didn't know anything about this until five minutes ago when you informed me of it. So I was actually wondering if a guy like Peanut Bolden would get a you know get a shot at it. Maybe he just hadn't been in there you know long enough yet, but. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we definitely have positions to fill, not only there, but otherwise within the athletic department, and uh, that just seems like the first one to go. So we'll see how it works out. We'll get to those as the show goes along. Basically, you know, I wanted to kind of bring you up to date on everything going on with Southern Miss this week. You know, last week we got really in-depth with baseball, didn't mention too many of the other sports, had a great episode with Rick Maddox. I mean, if you want to know more about Southern Miss baseball, go back and check out that episode. It was absolutely phenomenal. I had a great time. And we didn't even get to half of what he wanted to talk about. I mean, it was really – we're going to have him back on. It was a great episode if you missed it. So we're going to come right back. We're going to get right into Southern Miss basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, some of the hires and uh, changes within the athletic department. Come right back to us with more To The Top Talk after the break. Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm sitting here with my co-pilot tonight, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. We're going to talk about everything going on with USM right now. Kind of a catch-up episode, um, especially while we're in, what, rain delay for the baseball game. So let's start with basketball. It's kind of where the, the uh, it's about to get important real quick. In both men's and women's basketball. Let's get into men's basketball this past week. Thursday, February the 23rd, Southern Miss and Rice go to overtime. Rice wins 72-71. to 71. Yeah, it's a game that, uh, that Southern Miss was trailing by by a ton. Um, most of the game in that double-digit uh, range. And little by little just started to chip away. And as you and I have talked about on this show several times, um, the thing about Doc, uh, for better or for worse, is the is the the guys never quit, and they you know give effort the entire game. Uh, so that's kind of exactly what happened this time as well. Um, losing seven two seventy two to seventy one in overtime, um, but you know Rice is a is a overall twenty and nine team, and uh, the resurgence really of Quentin Campbell has kind of like kept these guys afloat. 
like I've mentioned several times, um, my favorite player, Cortez Edwards. And, and, you know, Cortez is being forced to run a lot of the point uh, these days. But um, really, without Campbell, where would this team honestly be? You, you have different pieces to the puzzle with Kevin Holland and Mike Ramey and stuff like that. But without Quentin, you know, the other night, Quentin goes 18 and 8. That's uh, 18 points, 8 rebounds. Um, and he, Cortez Edwards, and uh, Holland all played over 40 minutes in that game. All over 40 minutes. And this is still where we're uh, in Conference USA, you play Thursday, Saturdays. Right. So you'd have to figure, and uh, all, all of the roadies that we've had this year, that first game, um, if it takes a lot out of them, uh, we always kind of laid an egg on that Saturday, and really understandably so. I can't even drive. If, if I go somewhere on a vacation, if I take a three- or four-hour trip, as soon as I get out, I'm tired. Well, these guys are doing that, playing a ton of minutes, getting in the, on a bus again, driving somewhere yet again, not to mention the schoolwork, getting some of that done. Um, and so, you know, to, to come back like they did at North Texas um, was that much more impressive to me. And going into the week, the Golden Eagles only needed one more win to qualify for the conference tournament. They only take the top 12 teams in, uh, to the basketball tournament, so that means two teams are going to be left out. Golden Eagles needed one win. They get it on Saturday, blowing out North Texas, 76-53. to 53. They, they clinch a spot in the conference tournament. Seeds aren't set yet. Uh, the conference tournament is actually going to take place next week. When is that? March the 8th through March the 11th at Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. So they're in. Don't know what the seeding is going to be quite yet. It's looking like the Golden Eagles are going to be the 12th seed. Like I said, nothing set in stone. Still one more game left to go for everybody in conference. The Golden Eagles are going to take on Louisiana Tech this Saturday, March the 4th at 1 p.m. At Louisiana Tech. Right. Well, uh, and, well and, and, you know, getting to that game really, really quick, uh, the 76-53 win at North Texas, um, Michael Ramey was just on fire in that first half. If you, if you, I, I listened to it. Um, six consecutive three-pointers, which would have been seven consecutive. He threw up a half-quarter um, at the buzzer of the, of the first half, which, uh, you know, according to John Cox, just rims out. So he was almost seven for his first seven from behind the line, which is just crazy insane. Um he ended up with 19 points, and like we said, Quentin Campbell, ride that horse as long as you can ride him, 24 and 13. And uh, don't forget about Eddie Davis, uh, who's just absolutely a rebounding machine when he wants to be. Uh, he added 17 points to, uh, to go along with seven rebounds. So those three guys right there um, really put forth the effort, and that's what you know you get a 20-point victory. Raby kind of has the Jamie Arrington look going on with the beard and the hair and everything. <laughs> So he's he's probably my favorite player just for that reason. Yeah, you know I tweeted out at him last year one time. Uh, we get to a basketball game, my wife starts talking about, "Hey, Ramey got a haircut." So I tweeted out, "Check out the fresh fade on Ramey." He liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Jason. Um, other basketball news: We didn't get to this lot last week, but I saw it right before we went on the air. Donnie Tyndall is filing a federal lawsuit against the NCAA. Boy, the the. The just ongoing saga. Right. The ongoing saga of things. Um, let's get to women's basketball. Okay. How about it? Joy Lee McNillis back to coach the Lady Eagles last week. You know, she kind of had a little hiatus because of they, they found a, a tumor in her lung. Um, it appears that everything is going to be okay. She's not going to have to get chemo, but, you know, still going to be some maintenance to be done with that. This past Thursday, the Lady Eagles at home, both games, Thursday night, 
They defeat Rice 79 to 60. And then on Saturday, they defeat North Texas 70 to 48. Wow. That's, I mean, they just straight up dominated. Right. The Lady Eagles now 20 and 9 overall, 12 and 5 in Conference USA. Always a great year whenever you can get to 20 wins in basketball, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, and you know, look no further than their leader, Brittany Dinkins. Um, I think averaging a little bit more than 18 points a game. Brittany Dinkins is actually one of the three finalists for the Gillum Trophy, which is one of C Spire's trophies that are primarily mm-hmm. chosen by the media. I'm not going to say it's for the best women's college basketball player in the state unless we win, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the media accounts for 90% of the voting and the fans count for 10% of the voting. So fans can go to csopavoting.com until Saturday at 5 p.m., to vote for Brittany Dinkins. So you guys get out there, show Brittany some love. I think there's several different ways you can vote. So just go to that website, csopavoting.com, until Saturday at 5 p.m. We need somebody to take over the voting process like you did when you voted for Damian Fletcher like 17,000 times. Yeah, I actually got an email. I was working, I got an email from Cellular South like, how did you vote this many times for Damian Fletcher? And I just found a trick where you just hit one button and it'll keep sending the same tweet. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome, Damian. Um, <laughs> we'll have to get our IT department on that. Yeah, we'll have to get our IT. I think they, they're trying to get away around the cheating, but I think there's still ways around it. Baseball. Southern Miss, uh, start of the week, uh, Wednesday, February 22nd, versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Golden Eagles fell 12-5. to Kind of, um, you know, halfway through the game, the wheels kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. Golden Eagles let a few more runs across the plate. Kind of looked – I think it looked worse than it really was. I mean, they, the game was kind of close for the you know first half of the, the Yeah, uh, I mean, there were definitely contest. some bright spots. Um, you know, and, and that's just going to happen in baseball from time to time. And that's uh, – that's, everybody – uh, like you and I have talked about on here several times, um, we have a team that's going to absolutely rake. You know, this team's going to hit the ball all year long. Um, it's just, you know, where does that pitching lie? Um, I don't think defense is quite as much of a suspect um, as maybe I thought it might be with so many newcomers, um, particularly behind the plate. But, um, you know, had some positives. Uh, Taylor Braley looked good on the mound. Um, had a lot of pop behind the ball. Uh, had his, has you know, uh, I, th- I think he, I want to say he topped out at like 93 miles an hour. So, you know, for a midweek guy's first start, um, you know, and, and take nothing away from Alabama. Alabama just, you know, won the game. But uh, but this team has, has the ability to put pressure on people, um, and, and we'll see how far this pitching can take us. But I, for the most part, I think that um, kind of like Rick Maddox was talking about last week with you, uh, this team is just going to hit. It's just going to find the, find the middle of the baseball and find the alleys every single game. Oh, absolutely. And and they did just that this weekend. Friday night, uh, February 24th, the Golden Eagles defeated Evansville 14-10. to Kind of a close game for a little while. Kind of a little bit of a scare, but the Golden Eagles get five runs across the plate right there at the end to get the victory. Then on – do you have anything to say about that game? <laughs> you did, well, well, you did actually, the smacking noise. Actually, so I, I was – yeah, that's, I, I got a thing. <laughs> I, I was just looking at this stat sheet um, – while you're talking about that game, and it's uh, it's interesting that let's see one, two, three, four, five. We have six guys currently hitting over 429 on the baseball team. That's ridiculous. Which is crazy. And I got a couple of them are three for four, like Matt Gidry. But um, it just proves that you know when given an opportunity, we have so many guys that maybe not even in the starting lineup all the time that 
uh, if the starter's not hitting, we have somebody right behind them. Or if an injury happens or whatever, like Taylor Braley last year. I think we have pieces to the puzzle to, to really make a run. But as far as that first game, yeah, you know, th- th- they weren't bad. Um, I know that that Sunday game, it, the score kind of looked that way. This, that team could hit. And as I mentioned earlier, we, we, we have a, a way of, of putting pressure on a defense that not necessarily with the long ball all the time, even though we do have a team that can hit a lot of home runs. Uh, these guys, you know, they, they put the ball in play quite a bit, limit their strikeouts, and always hustle down the line. And even though there's some base running mistakes from time to time, it seems to be on the on the aggressive side of that mistake. So, um, and every time that happens, it gets in a defense head just a little bit. If you got to wonder about, you know, if a guy's going to steal, you position yourself a certain way. Maybe that ball gets through the hole. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that that Evansville was was nearly as bad as we were. Just they just we were good, and they just ran into a buzzsaw. And then on Saturday, uh, the Golden Eagles. Defeat Evansville nine to two. Kurt McCarty takes the the mound, only allowing two runs on four hits in five and one thirds innings. I mean, that's Kurt McCarty for you. Yeah, he put it on cruise control. That's what you expect out of um, out of a, out of the, the junior left hander. Um, and you know, I think he's going to be there all year. And I think he actually, like like Rick said last week, he prefers to go on Saturday just so he can get a good look at the charts from the day before, and that only helps him um, the next day. And it doesn't hurt that he's a lefty. It doesn't hurt that he's throwing 90-plus. It doesn't hurt that he's got a hammer. So, you know, um, just like the offense is putting the ball in play quite a bit, well, Kirk McCarty kind of limits the other team putting it in play as much as we do, and that always gives us a leg up. Then on Sunday, Golden Eagles, I don't, what's, the, what's the term for this? We, did we swamp them? I don't know. what 18-2, to two, that's a route. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, 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 which included an 11-run, um, I want to say it was the sixth inning. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're out there in the roost, and um, the game's pretty entertaining so far. Golden Eagles are winning by, I don't know, 7-1 to one or somewhere along there. So as, we're, as the inning's going along, I look up, and we have six. And I kind of step away for a while, look back, we have nine. I look back, and it says just a one. Like, what happened? I thought... And then somebody said, no, we scored two more. That's 11 this inning. It's like, goodness gracious, an 11 spot in a Division One baseball game is, is is crazy. I guess we don't have the 10-run rule. I mean, I, I don't keep up with, like, ins and outs of what changes in college baseball. But, like, you would think that you would you would put that in play. I mean, if not 10, at least, what, how many we went by? 16? <laughs> I think it was 18 to 1. Was it 18 to 18 to, yeah. So, well, I didn't know either. But I was informed at the game that, you know, especially these northern teams, they don't have a whole lot of practice time, right? They all come south to play their first several games just because you can't play in 20-degree weather. So, even though they're losing a lot, they plan on having certain pitchers throw a certain amount of innings. They're basically using it as practice time. So, I think they can kind of – they have the option. Like, if they want to say, hey, it's, it's over, there is a 10-run rule in effect. And for conference play, I think just in the um, – I, I, I want to say that there's a run rule just as far as being able to get out of there and get on your way as far as conference goes. I'm not sure if both the coaches have to agree on it or not, but as uh, with these non-conference games, especially early in the year, those northern teams just kind of want to play. Yeah, well, that may, I mean, that makes sense. And also in that game, true freshman Cody Carroll, the other Cody Carroll part two, mm-hmm. much better outing this time. Yeah, really, really came out. And I, want, I don't want to say redeemed himself. He has He's had two starts in his Golden Eagle career. But – uh, if we 
if we can get a lot more of that this year, um, that'll just really solidify that Sunday spot. And a lot of these, you know, a lot of times you'll you'll go into that game having maybe you know split the first two, and that Sunday game, you know, will determine whether you win the series or not. And how much does that play into uh, at the end of the of the season um, and when the bid processes start? Uh, if you've won more series than you've lost, no matter against who, um, especially with your home series, then you know if he can, if he can show up like that, then it's 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 going to be a joy to watch him for the next four years for sure. The Golden Eagle baseball team is now six and one. Uh, their next game is actually going on right now. It's in a rain delay. The Golden Eagles taking on the Tulane Green Wave at Pete Taylor Park right now. It hasn't even started this weekend. The Golden Eagles will be at. Louisiana of Lafayette. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to call them Louisiana Lafayette. They are not the University of Louisiana. First game is Friday at 6 p.m. Next game is Saturday at 2 p.m. The game on Sunday will start at 1 p.m. And the next Tuesday night, they will be at UNO at 6.30 p.m. That was excellent timing, by the way. Perfect timing. Well, what else would you expect from To The Top Talk? You guys come right back to us. We'll be back talking more Southern Miss sports after the break. All right. Welcome back to a special Wednesday edition of To The Top Talk. We're jamming out like we would in my uncle's Toyota back in 87 with the uh, <laughs> with the tunes tonight. Um, still a... I don't think there's any word on when the game's going to get back up and running. According to Southern Miss's website, uh, Twitter page, at Southern Miss, the National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning for Forest County, including the Hattiesburg campus, until 7 p.m. So I guess that'll be gone by the time we finish up with this show. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's where, I, that's why I rode with you. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's all, riding with you is also the reason that this is the one time I did not show up late. Well, you know, the Rain-X was a good investment for me. Like as much as me and you were on the road, like I I bought some Rain-X and just like every couple of weeks I'll get my windows with it and it's been great. So Are you saying uh, this episode is brought to you by Rain-X? Yes, is if we could put Rain-X just like spray it across the baseball field and <laughs> maybe that would help. I don't know. All right, let's keep the party going. We've got to talk softball, man. It's back in softball season. We've gotten to basketball, women's basketball, and baseball. Now let's talk softball. Uh, the Lady Eagles this past week on Wednesday, February 22nd, they had a doubleheader against Stephen F. Austin. The Golden Eagles win the first game 6-2 to two and fall 5 to nothing in the second game. Then on Saturday, February 25th, the Lady Eagles defeat Jacksonville State 2-1. to one. And for the second game, four to three. And then on Sunday, they close it out with the sweep. Lady Eagles six, Jacksonville State four. So heading into this week, the Lady Eagles were were prime. They had some had some momentum going for them. And uh, Southern Miss fans showed out last night, Tuesday, February twenty eighth. One thousand five hundred and sixty three in attendance for a softball right. game. How about that? I believe that's the record, if I'm not mistaken. There are people, you know. Hanging over the uh, the outfield fence, it looked it, it looked super super impressive. The pictures that I saw. That's amazing. That much deserved. I mean, Lady Eagles fall uh, four to two. Kind of a questionable call there for a strikeout to end the game um, with runners in scoring position. But you know, I didn't see it, so I can't comment on it. I can speculate about it, but it, you know, that they, yeah. they lost. Well, there was there was that call, and then it's you know, and I was just reading Mun's report, uh, Mun's article. 
um, it's Jason Munz of the Hattiesburg American. Right. right. Um, and, you know, there were two calls in particular, the one that you mentioned, um, and there's also a sacrifice bunt play uh, where the, uh, the Golden Eagles turned a double play and then the call was overturned. Um, that eventually led to two runs being scored. So, you know, again, I wasn't there, but I, I can um, – to hear Wendy Hogue even kind of bring it up in the postgame, um, as, as honorable as she is, and, you know, it, it – there might be, you know, there must be something to it. Smoke, fire, right? Exactly. So, and, and then the, the last call, like you said, I, I think Wendy mentioned that she thought it was in the other batter's box. I mean, to end the game with runners on, close game. You're, you're playing the, uh, the seventh ranked team. You got the record crowd, and if it really was that bad of a call, which I have no idea because I wasn't there, but everybody can't be wrong. Yeah. So uh, if if it was that bad, and you know, honestly, it's not that hard. If you've ever have you ever umpired a game. I have not. I have not, I've judged a boxing match, but I have not umpired. Yeah, that would probably that would be more terrifying. I'm not sure it's, it's more difficult, but uh, it's not that hard. Yeah, <laughs> to call balls and strikes, especially yeah. ones like that, where you know, let's just say, you know, you have the plate. The catcher will generally set up inside or outside. Well, if you're set up outside, and as an umpire, you really don't have to watch the ball. You just watch the glove. If there's a reach at all, you know where they started. So if there's a reach, it's a ball. And that's really the only thing you have to look at. You know, up and down is is a, is a judgment call. As far as on the plate, which, you know, she mentioned that it was in the other batter's box. That's just not a hard call. Jason Bailey, ladies and gentlemen, with the 400-level college course on umpiring tonight. Much appreciated, man. Bringing some depth to the show that you're not going to get from me. That's yeah. why I bring you in here. That's how you debate. That's how you debate. That's right, sad. <laughs> the uh, Lady Eagle softball team now nine and seven, zero and zero in Conference USA. We haven't had any conference games yet. This Thursday, March the second, they will take on Alcorn State at four p.m. and six p.m. And then on Tuesday, March the seventh, they will take on Southeastern Louisiana at five p.m. at Southeastern Louisiana. USM announced a deal. Well, they've announced a deal a few weeks back. Keep in mind, Lady Eagle Softball, you can listen to on what you may be listening to right now, the score, 1400 AM. So keep up with the score. They're, they've got all kind of coverage now for Lady Eagle Sports. That's a terrific deal for Lady Eagle Sports. So if you want to keep up with the softball program, it's part of the reason that we weren't on the air last night. I have no problem moving to to tonight for something like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so so great deal for that. Let's talk football a little bit. I didn't get to this last week, but freshman linebacker Ja'Cory Morris is no longer with the team. Best of luck to Ja'Cory. I'm not sure about the circumstances with that. Sometimes when you come into a situation, uh, I mean, he came into with Hop. You know, you lose a couple of guys every year. There's attrition every year. Right. I don't know the full story. I'm, You know, he seemed like a good kid. Also, this broke on Thursday. This is the worst news of the week. Zach Woodfin leaves to take the head strength and conditioning coach job at Kansas. Yeah. And, you know, just drive the stake directly into my heart. That happened with, with this guy. That happened what? Like six days ago? I've already put on 10 pounds. <laughs> I've already put on 10 pounds. I mean, it's just, just binge eat, eating, and, eating my emotions. And, you know, hey, more power to him. You know, you got to, you, you have to keep making steps in your life. Uh, Kansas, I don't know, um, seem to have a, you know, outside of basketball, the rest of the, Rest of the athletic department seems to be in shambles, and maybe that's why you go. Maybe but, it's you know. Well, you know, if you got the money for what they are able to do in basketball, you know, my brother's a Kansas grad. And if you got the money for that, you know, they obviously have the money to you know get somebody like a Woodfin to make a move. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate it, but, you know, as long as we make a, a similar hire, you may not get a Woodfin. But, you know, when, when we lost Paul Jackson a few years ago, I didn't think we were going to get another Paul Jackson, and we get Woodfin, you know. Right. As long as you don't do what we did in 2012, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, yeah. Like, like don't drop the bomb uh, on Hiroshima. That's that's what Ellis did. Did I say Ellis? You said it. I said it. Did you see there was a, hmm. what is it, Gridiron – GridironNews.com or something like that had an article like the 20 worst coaching hires in college football history. Yeah. And he was not on the list at all. That's impossible. Because they had no credibility with me. <laughs> that's, that's totally Gridiron impossible. now, no credibility with me after that. 12 wins to 0 and 12. Yeah. Which, is, which has never been done. Never been done. Uh, Big Gold Nation, uh, just uh, live on the Periscope right now, they're taking the tarp off the feet, off the field at Pete Taylor Park right now. So I guess we're going to get to some baseball probably uh, as soon as we go off the air. That's about the time I would imagine they'd get back up and running as long as there's no more weather delays. And I did not give my ticket away yet. So if I can run it by the wife, I might go out to the Pete. You have to go to the Pete. You guys, hey, if you're listening out in the roof, save a spot for for Bump, man. He's he's ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah, taking the tarp off. Awesome. We're going to get some baseball tonight. We're going to get this. I, you know, I love that we're playing Tulane. I, I, would, I, I love I, it that you call him Tulane. Uh, what isn't that what Coxie calls him? He does. I, I I think it's Tulane everywhere else, but it's Tulane. I say Tulane because Coxie says it. I, I like mean, it. I'm following his lead. I also <laughs> say UA Bay. So when we say UA, I always say UA Bay. What about Houston? Houston, yeah, I'll say Houston. Yeah, Houston. <laughs> if we play Houston, that's how we're gonna roll. Something to something to do, something to love, and something to hope for. Right. Yeah, and we take on the Tulane Green Wave later tonight. <laughs> Um, what else we got in, in football news? Cole Weeks uh, was named the offensive graduate assistant at Auburn. I guess going there with Chip Lindsey. So former Southern Miss quarterback Cole Weeks, now a graduate assistant for the Auburn Tigers. It seems like a bright kid. Hopefully we'll get him back someday. All right, guys, we're going to take a break and come right back with more to the top talk. Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Uh, your one-stop shop for Southern Miss banter every each and every week. We'll have some guests on. I've got some great guests coming up in the next few weeks. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Be on the lookout for those episodes. Uh, this week has been John Gilbert's first week on the job as Southern Miss AD. Of course, we haven't had too much. I'm sure there's a lot going on beside, behind the scenes with him, you know, trying to figure out different positions trying to get acclimated to the university uh, everything i've heard thus far has been has been good um I, I can't say exactly what there's been some speculation that's been going on but there will be an announcement tomorrow with some personnel in the athletic department so be on the lookout for that i just got a text a little while ago but i'm i'm not privy to share it on the air just yet i'm sure we'll talk about it on next week's episode but um there's going to be a lot of turnover i mean you lost woodfin you lost the boy wonder mike jones mm. and, and these aren't things that necessarily can be attributed to to mcgillis leaving gilbert coming in you know a, a lot of times in sports it's kind of a it sports are always very fluid whether you're moving up in the if you're not moving up in the world you're, you're sometimes you're moving down so you, you kind of got to stay on the move especially with guys that don't necessarily have southern miss ties i totally understand it but um you hate to see those guys leave but i'll be curious to see who uh, John Gilbert brings in. 
Get busy living or get busy dying. Exactly. Shawshank. Shawshank. But no, I mean, you you expect some turnover, you know, when you hire the the new head guy, and uh, and I mean, we'll just we'll just see how it turns out. You know, funny, quick, funny story. My wife and I and baby Jack are headed to the Pete last uh, Sunday, I think, because I oh yeah, it was Sunday, and. As we're uh, going through like that 15 or 10 mile an hour zone right there where you um, your car almost stalls out, it's so slow, going in between the new dorms, I see Gilbert. We're going so slow, and he's just walking right there next to the uh, parking garage. And so I'm going so slow that I have time to, you know, roll down the window. And just as I'm about to, you know, say, hey, Gilbert, or whatever I was going to say, I, I forgot his name totally. So at this point, I'm kind of already past him. My wife's wondering what I'm doing. The baby's crying. And I just say, AD. <laughs> and uh, I don't think he knew who I was or what I was saying or whatever. So uh, that's my first impression to, uh, to John Gilbert. And, um, and it, was, it was a poor one. We did talk to him at the football kickoff party a couple of weeks ago, and he did agree to come on the show. So nice. hopefully we'll get him on at some point. Yeah, we'll pull, get, pull, pull some strings. Pull some strings, man. We're working on it. I'm, hey, still, I'm still waiting on my. I'm still waiting on a number one, my to the top talk visor, which I do not have. Okay, well I don't either. <laughs> and we, you know, we definitely get, need to get some kind of banner or something for uh, for tailgating. I'm sure that would get shot down by the university. But hey, that's something you can bring up to Gilbert when he comes on the show. We we need credentials, and by we by we I mean you. Uh, but if I happen to tag along in any of that, that would be fantastic. So visor. Banner press pass, and we'll get we'll get Gilbert to pay for it. Okay, um, I, I agree. <laughs> no, he he's got a lot of financial he's got a lot of financial issues he's going to have to resolve right out of the gate. You when we went to the baseball game together uh, last week, you went and got your baseball season tickets. You got a cool little token there for, yeah. for renewing your tickets. Well, you know we're standing in line there because, like I said, you never got us press pass, and. Uh, so we're standing in line for tickets, and and I, I never make all of the baseball games. So baseball is the only thing that I never have bought season tickets for. I know you and I have, for years and years and years, have bought um, the same football tickets, same basketball tickets, and baseball. I went to you know a handful of games. Well, as we're sitting in this long line, uh, I think they had like one person checking people out, and uh, you know there's lots of attendance at the Pete every week. But as we're standing in line, there's a, there's a little table right to the side of it that had a bunch of Brian Dozier signed baseballs, which I didn't know what they were for. That's actually why I walked over there. And then the guy gave me the pitch about season tickets. And, you know, even though I'm not going to go to all the games, um, number one, it's a really good deal. I think it was 180 bucks for a bleacher seat. So, you know, you figure 30 games. Even if I make, you know, half of those, it, it pays for itself right there. But more importantly, aside from the Dozier baseball, I'm, I'm kind of guaranteed a spot if I renew next year for that opening series versus Mississippi State, which is, you know, it's probably going to be one of the toughest tickets to get at the Pete in quite some time. So I'll be there and you won't, and that's going to be awesome. And uh, <laughs> but, but like I said, and plus the Dozier ball. So, you know, I went ahead and, and pulled the trigger, and uh, I'm still waiting on my wife to find out. 
You also, you know, <laughs> brought something up over the break. We were talking about Wendy Hogue and the amazing job that she's doing here at Southern Miss. I mean, it, it, she she inherited a rebuilding project, and I think she's done quite well. But, you know, a few weeks back, she defeated the number 11 team in the country, Louisiana Lafayette, twice, and almost defeating the number seven team in the country. I mean, how many Southern Miss athletic pro- programs could say they've defeated, you know, two highly ranked teams like that? Yeah, in, in one season. And I'm thinking back. Uh, you know, the most storied program here at Southern Miss, obviously football. And I'm, I don't know. I really don't know if there's ever been a time in football where we beat, you know, two top, well, I guess two top 11 teams, or if you want to say two top 15 teams, but number 11, number seven, um, surely it's been done again. Let's get the IT department on there. Uh, but it's the Wendy Hogue project is, it's way ahead of schedule. As far as I'm concerned, I'm fired up about softball. I'm fired up every time I hear her talk. I'm, I'm fired up at reading her quotes in the paper. Um, I'm fired up at, at them setting a record for attendance, not one year, but two years in a row. And uh, and you keep doing stuff like beating number 11, uh, really taking number seven to the wire. Uh, it's only going to grow from there. So, but, hey, we're, we're sitting here on a Wednesday talking about Golden Eagle softball. So, Absolutely. You guys come right back to us. We'll be talking more Southern Miss after the break right here on To The Top Talk. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to my guest tonight, Jason Bailey. You can follow him on Twitter at BumperJBailey. You can follow this show on Twitter at to the top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. If you want to keep up with my comedy shows at Hub City Comedy. On Facebook as well, to the top Talk, Jamie Arrington Comedy, Hub City Comedy, also the score 1400, as well as WMXI. Upcoming comedy shows. My next show is actually tomorrow night. It's a free show. The working title comedy show at The Porter. It's Thursday night, March the, what is it, the second? It's the first of the month today. 8 p.m. at the Porter, downtown Hattiesburg. Um, going to be a great time. I always have a great time with the shows at the Porter, and it's free. You don't have to pay anything. So if you don't have anything going on, come on, check it out. My good friend Andrew Polk coming in from Los Angeles. It's going to be a great time. Also, I mention it every week, but two weeks from yesterday, Todd Berry's book, Thank you for coming to Hattiesburg is going to be coming out. T-Bones in Hattiesburg is going to carry it. So be sure you go by and pick up a copy uh, of that. I'm sure that uh, mine and Todd's adventures in and around the Hub City is going to be in that book. I'm almost scared to see what he had to say. Uh, I was driving. We went to Letha's and my AC went out. So I was just, I know he's going to riff on something that I said or did, but uh, we're excited about the book. and It's really cool to put. Hub City Comedy on the map with that. Also, they, they announced the uh, Best of the Pine Belt finalists this week in the annual competition at uh, festivalsouth.org. Uh, hey, thanks for everybody that nominated me. I was up for a couple things, uh, Best Mover and Shaker. But I was really excited that uh, Last for Life was up for Most Effective Nonprofit. That's the show that we did last year at the Sanger Theater where we raised 124000 for uh, cancer research. In National Maloma. Yeah, absolutely. Show had Frank Caliendo. Kent Oliver is the man that, that headed all that up. Amazing story. I'm sure I'll have Kent on the show this year as soon as we get closer to time. But hey, big names in the mix for this summer show. Big names. Could be huge. Could be huge. So you guys 
Stay tuned to To The Top Talk. We're going to, as soon as we get the deal done for that show, we're going to announce it. Should be this summer. Um, next week, we got the conference tournaments, men's and women's basketball. You know, women kind of seem to be hitting their stride. The men, just glad to be getting in for a change. And, and, you know, oh, let me t- let me turn you on there. There you go. Okay. Uh, it, but, you know, the men uh, really had two of the best performances of the year back-to-back to end the season. Um, going into it, you know, injury-free outside of Kari. You know, but for, for the bulk of who, who's played the entire season, going into it injury-free. So, um, heck, you never know. Um, I, I, I really don't expect us to, to make a move and, and, and make it all the way to the finals. But, you know, the crazier things have happened, and, and we have key pieces like, like we talked about Michael Ramey earlier. Those kind of guys just get hot, and this offense that the Golden Eagles run and the Doc, the Doc Sadler um, plays that, you know, you, you just never know. But it, it's like, like you said, glad to be there and um, and looking forward to it. And, um, you know, you mentioned Kansas earlier, just real quick, kind of off topic from the Golden Eagles, but our own John Carter Sander at Northwestern State is pitching against Kansas uh, this weekend on ESPN3. That's awesome. Formerly of the Oak Grove Warriors, some of you may know his dad, Kelly Sander, uh, been real active in the community for a while. So, yeah. Back to Southern basketball real quick. Being the 12th seed, they're probably going to get Middle Tennessee State. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode this week. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Download some of the old episodes. Give us a review and rating. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.